gain I had accounted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or any or, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And every year around this time, there are millions of people around the world that look at the calendar year coming to an end, and they look toward the new year. And perhaps you're one of those who reflect on the past year and consider the things that you would like to do differently than you did in 2021. I became very interested in the common resolutions that are made by people, and so I searched online uh, the top 10 list of resolutions. And there seemed to be common themes there. Most of them had to do with physical changes uh, to the lives that people would like to make in their resolutions. But what if we took some of those resolutions and we applied them to our spiritual lives? What would happen if we applied them to our walk with the Lord this year? And so during this message, we're going to be looking at five common uh, resolutions that are given on the new year. And we're going to apply those to our spiritual lives in 2022. The first one and the most popular one was lose weight. Anyone who knows me, uh, they're familiar with my love of food. And one of the most incomprehensible statements that I think I've ever heard from an individual is, I forgot to eat lunch. <laughs> I mean, how could you forget one of the most wonderful parts of the day that we get to do? And I'm so thankful that God created us with this need for food, the ability to enjoy many different kinds of food. But there's also a dark side to food. If you eat too much of it, you'll begin to feel the adverse effects like a bulging waistline, or worse, heart disease and diabetes. For the Christmas season, that's why I think it's a little bit of a love-hate relationship for me, because I love the foods around this time of year. The big Thanksgiving dinner that kicks it off, and uh, I just really enjoy gathering together with friends and family and having those traditional uh, foods. I love the eggnog, or what I like to call liquid joy. <laughs> and there are so many different varieties of cookies that have been offered to us by the congregation, and I feel like as a pastor it would be a sin to turn those down, so I've been enjoying those quite a bit. But I've also noticed that my dress pants are a little more snug here uh, since the beginning of November here. And I've eaten more than my metabolism can handle 
and now I need to go into hibernation to burn it all off. Isn't this similar to what we do spiritually? We go through our life and we pick up all these responsibilities along the way. We add these things to our calendars, like those extra cookies at the Christmas party. And the metabolic pace of our lives can only handle so much. And before you know it, our schedules become as bloated as Santa's midriff. As we resolve this year to trim perhaps our waistlines, maybe we should also consider trimming our schedules uh, and putting those on a diet. One of the scriptures that really recalls this is from Ephesians 3, 1 through 22, where Solomon is talking about uh, different seasons of life or, or are things that happen in a season. He says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And so what this shows us is that there is timing. We have different things in our lives that uh, have different seasons. And many times our problem is not adding something to our schedule. We all do that. We just don't lay anything else down. And we continue to add and add and add until we fill up our entire lives. And this is one of the reasons that God gave us the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a way to show us that we don't fill up our entire lives. We need that rest. And we also need to sometimes set things aside. One of the things that I do to keep my closet from getting overwhelmed with clothing is if I buy a new piece of clothing, I try to go through and see if there's something, well, I haven't worn this in a year, and so I pack it up in a bag, and we fill up those bags and take them to the thrift store. And so that's one way that we do that. Those activities that you continue to do might be good in and of themselves, but perhaps maybe it's time for somebody else to use it. Maybe it's time to send it to the reuse center and see if somebody else, it's their season to pick that thing up. Now, that's kind of dangerous to say as a pastor because I don't want you just to quit everything that you're doing around the church, but maybe this is a time to reflect. Are there things that I need to pick up and things that I need to set down? And so this year I resolved resolve, uh, to lose some spiritual weight. The second thing that we notice in the top uh, 10 list is to get out of debt. When it comes to debt in this country, the statistics tend to be so shocking that they almost seem impossible. The average college uh, student's debt is over $24,000. Over 50% of Mer Americans don't even have just one month's worth of savings. The average amount of debt per American for credit card holders is $16,000. And all of this debt is really bogging down the economy. But there is a good side to debt because debt helps you to be able to do things that you probably couldn't accomplish. There's not many people that I know of that walked right up to a property, a house, and just slapped down the whole cash for it. You went to the bank and you got your mortgage and you paid that off. Or perhaps you have uh, a college situation where um, there are no parents, there are no grandparents to help that person to get the education that they need. And so the government and banks, you know, they recognize that 
and they have special student loans for kids. But we also recognize that perhaps this year um, we need to cut some of that debt away. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I need to pay down those credit cards. I need to pay off that car or whatever it might be. And you get that concerted effort to get rid of those things that are weighing you down. I commend you for that, but I would also like to suggest perhaps that you add some debt this year. Listen to Romans 13.8. This is the God's Word translation, which I like how they translated this. Pay your debts as they come due. However, one debt you can never finish paying is the debt of love that you owe each other. The one who loves another person has fulfilled Moses' teaching. And some of you have been very good about this this last year. Sacrificial love, loving people, making those love deposits into particular individuals' lives. But perhaps you feel you've paid up your debt to that person. You've done so much for them. You've sacrificed so much in their lives. Because let's be honest, some people are easier to love than others. It's so easy to love your pastor. But others are harder as they continue to drain you, right? To make those love payments, to continue to do that. And this is like the monthly bills that we get, right? Some monthly bills are easy to pay. One easy bill for me to pay was when my kids were in private school. I didn't blink twice about paying that bill because I loved the school that they were in. Now, there are other bills like your sewer bill, right? You're like, okay, I gotta pay this. I don't even know what goes on there. Well, you'll know it when your sewer backs up, right? While you're paying that bill. And so this year, as we think about adding that debt, the debt of love, continuing to pay that, And so this year, I resolved to continue to make those love payments, even to those who I might not feel like loving at this time. The next thing that we see on the list here was many people wanted to resolve to travel to a new place. What is it that's so alluring about traveling for people? It seems like such trouble that we go to, right? All these things that would deter us from traveling more than 100 miles from our own homes. The gas, the airfare is uh, very expensive. Right now, I don't know if you've flown lately, but it's a mess out there. It's a nightmare. I mean, even the simplest flights, um, they can just turn into a fiasco. Staying in hotels. How many of you have ever stayed in a hotel and thought, this bed is more comfortable than my own mattress? It's pretty rare, right? Once in a while, right, you'll get that. And your sleep patterns are all thrown off, weather issues that come into play. And finally, there's the disappointment of showing up at the place and thinking, this isn't anything like I thought it would be, and being disappointed in that. Yet with all these factors, many people still resolve in their top five to travel. The last big trip that Mary and I took was this last summer, and we attended a pastors and wives retreat in Branson, Missouri. And it was a great trip. It was good to see different parts of the country that we'd never seen, and we made some great memories. And having done some travel in my life, I think the appeal is that you realize there's so much more than your own community. It helps you see the diversity of this planet that God has blessed us with. And so how do we consider traveling spiritually this year? How can we break out of the four walls of our own church and take a spiritual trip? 
Well, one of the ways that we did this this last year actually wasn't outside the walls of our church here. It was during the Fernando Ortega concert. And what we did was we reached out to different communities, different churches. I actually physically went to different churches and met some of the pastors in the area. And I told them about the concert and I you know, got to know them a little bit more. Because I think it's important for us to recognize that this isn't Christianity right here. You know, Christianity is outside of these walls. And we come to our church, and many times I think we get so introspective into our own denomination that we forget about those things that are outside of our church, outside of our walls. And I'm not talking about going out to a heretical church or some sect or, you know, that kind of thing. There are a lot of churches in our area, and I've met some of the people in them, that are Bible believers, that love the Lord, that are following hard after him, that are having some of the same struggles and the same joys that you have. And so is there a friend or a neighbor that would really appreciate if you took a Sunday off here? I'm not talking about, you know, a long extended time. I'm giving, this is bizarre, I'm giving you permission as your pastor to not come to our church once, you know, and go with somebody else once. Just check it out, you know. Hang out with them. See what their church is like. You know, maybe you'll get some ideas for our church. Or maybe it'll help you to appreciate Elam even more. That happens to me when I go on vacation. I'm like, I can't wait to get home, you know, after this vacation. Because, you know, I want to get back to my own bed and my own, you know, routine. But it's so enjoyable to do that, to go. And if not to their church, at least getting to know them. What is it that you believe? Okay. One thing I would discourage you from doing is asking them what they believe so that you can tell them how you believe and change their mind about how they believe, okay? Just listen to what they've got to say. You know, listen to what their beliefs are and maybe have a conversation. Those are awesome. And so this year I resolved to travel to a different spiritual place, a different church, a different person, a different, you know, you can even do this online, by the way, looking at different people's preaching and the next thing that we see here in the top five list is exercise more. It's said that our bodies are the only thing that actually gets stronger and more efficient the more we use them. Everything else breaks down over time. And those of us who choose to lead a lethargic and sedentary lifestyle will surely experience the ill effects in our health and our ability to enjoy life. Golfing is my main athletic outlet, and so I step out on the course each week, and I chase after that. I actually thought of going out in the snow with a, like a, you know, a glow-in-the-dark ball or something like that, but I didn't. But stepping out each week, you know, it helps invigorate me. It helps get me back focused again. I'm able to exercise my body, my mind, my willpower, especially when I hit a bad shot. I don't want to throw my club in the pond. And Mary, she loves hiking, you know to get her outside. Exercise keeps us young because it forces our body to get rid of old and useless cells, and it replaces them with stronger and more efficient cells. Gets the blood flowing better, sends chemicals that produce happy feelings to your brain. And so why don't we exercise more? Well, for one thing, it's hard. It takes discipline to do it. Our bodies don't want to do it. And this also applies to the spiritual exercises that keep us vigorous in our life with the Lord. 
And there are three main spiritual exercises that I would like you to consider and encourage you in this year. The first is Bible reading. Every Christian knows that they should read their Bible. You learn this from the time you're in Sunday school. Read your Bible, pray every day, right? You probably heard that when you were in Sunday school. But most of us, you know, when we talk about it, we feel like we're lacking. I've talked to people about Bible reading. They sort of get this guilty look on their face. They look at their feet, and they know they should be reading the Bible more. But it's not about a guilt trip. But it is a discipline. It is something that you have to discipline yourself to do. And I think part of the uh, problem comes from unrealistic expectations. Because when you look at most Bible reading programs, they want you to read the Bible in a year. Okay? For many of us, that might be unrealistic. I encourage you at least once in your life you know, to read through the entire Bible, for sure. But some of these programs, maybe it'll take you four years to do it, right? But what I would rather happen is you read a couple of verses or one chapter and get something out of that rather than blast through four chapters, and especially when you get into the Old Testament, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Chronicles, some of these things, and all the different lists, that can get a little bit weighing you down. And some people, they say, well, that's it. This year I'm going to start reading my Bible more. And they sit down and they try to cram in four chapters a day or whatever it might be. And it's kind of like running a marathon right after you start exercising again. You have to recognize you can ease into it. Another discipline that I would encourage you this uh, year with is prayer. I'm convinced that the devil spends most of his time trying to convince people not to pray or that when they do pray, that it's ineffective. And the reason, I think, is because he recognizes that he cannot come against prayer. Because when we're praying, what we're doing is we're saying, God, we can't do it. We need you to do it, <laughs> right? We're asking him to come in and do it. And so the devil tries to discourage us to keep us focused on ourselves. I got to do this. I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. But what a really a prayer is, is a recognition of our inability, our weakness, our dependence on the Lord. And so, if you struggle to know what to pray, and that's a real struggle. Many of us sit down, we can't keep focused, we're thinking about the day, whatever it might be. Martin Luther offered some help to his students. It's an acronym, TRIP, T-R-I-P. And so when you pray, start out with the letter T. That's for Thanksgiving. You're thanking God for, you know, everything. I was praying this morning. I was praying trip, you know, thinking about this sermon. And my little dog, Mark, I was like, Lord, thank you for my little dog here, you know. And I don't know that I prayed that a whole lot. But I was so thankful because he was snuggling up to me. And, you know, I was thankful for my... You can thank him for the simplest things. For my chair, that we have enough food to eat. For my church, you know, these kinds of things. The next letter is R, and that stands for repentance. After you give thanks to God... Maybe there's something in your life where you need to say you're sorry, repent, apologize. You know, Don't we do this in relationships, right? When there's something between us, we need to get that out of the air so that we can have a clear communication. And so if there's something that you have done that you need to repent, dear Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to turn and not do that anymore, right? Very simple. Uh, the next one is I. That stands for intercession. Intercession is just praying for others. 
people that you know, people that you don't know. You know, I've never met the president, but I pray for the president. I've never met our governor. I've never met, you know, some of the missionaries that I pray for or the people that they're ministering to. And you can pray for people in the church here. And I think one good way for me personally um, that I find to be very edifying is I'll sit and I'll be like, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? And then people pop into your mind. This will happen, right? You can just sit there and just kind of, okay, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? And people will start coming to mind. And then just pray for those people. That's many times what Mary and I will do. We'll, we'll pray for those people. And sometimes it's the same people. I mean, obviously you probably pray for your children every time you pray. Because, you know, they have the closest relationship with you or your spouse. And then the last one is petition. Uh, petition is just praying for yourself. Okay, Lord, you know, you know what I need. This is what I'm struggling with. My body's hurting, whatever it might be. And then, you know, and that could take you five, ten minutes. And that's great, just going through that. And I would just encourage you this year to make a habit each day of starting your day or ending your day, whatever, whenever you pray, to try to go through that trip exercise. All right? And so this year, I resolved to exercise spiritually. The last exercise is fasting. All right? This is one that's the hardest because our own body will try to work against us. Our flesh is very powerful and does not like to be deprived. But when you fast, what you're doing is you're humbling yourself and you're focusing on the Lord. Okay? Fasting is a discipline that helps you to discern things better. Right? It sets aside food, and sometimes people fast uh, for different things. They take a fast from media. They take a fast from their phone. They take a fast from, you know, Somebody said, I'm taking a fast from talking bad about people, <laughs> right? And so that was his fast. He was going to not say anything negative about anybody for 30 days, which, you know, for him, maybe that was the most important thing that he needed to fast from. And so this is a way that we can really focus our attention on the Lord. It's not easy. I've done a lot of fasting through the years, and it's never fun. It's, it's, it's always hard. But I've always found uh, good results to come from that. And I've especially found them when there's crisis in my life or somebody else that I know is going through a crisis to take a special fast for them. And I'm fasting, Lord, that, you know, and even Jesus talked about this. The disciples couldn't cast out a particular demon. And so Jesus came down and he said, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. And if you have somebody in your life that's dealing with something particularly hard or you've noticed that there's no breakthrough, Maybe you need to fast for a day. You know, go a day without food. And so that I need to, you know, qualify to. If you have a medical issue that's a problem for you, I would definitely talk to your doctor first. But there's things that you can fast from. I'm not going to eat sweets today, whatever. I'm not saying I'm not going to eat sweets today, but I'm saying that you could say that. Okay. <laughs> All right, the next one we see here is spending more time with our families. The biggest regret I think most people that are dying have is not spending enough time with the ones that they love and not giving them priority, especially their families. And this is why we see it on the top 10 of most uh, lists of resolutions. Because people want to change that. They recognize that and they want to do something different the next year. And spiritually, we are all part of a family. 
we're connected to the body of Christ, and we can trace our ancestry all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But just as in any family there can be problems now and then, so too it can happen in our church setting. We can have problems with people, or not even reach out to get to know people, right? I guarantee that probably everybody sitting here, there's somebody in this congregation that they don't know very well, have never sat down and had a cup of coffee with, have never had over to their house, have never had a meal, you know, couldn't tell you two, three things about them. And that's a small church, right? We're really small. And so one of the resolutions that we can make spiritually as a church is to get to know one another better, get to know what we're going through, the things that we're um, suffering with. And Mary and I, we made a resolution to do that this last year. We are going to have as many people over to our house to get to know this year as possible. And as I look around, probably 80% of you have been to the house, maybe more. And I'm very thankful for that because as a pastor, it's good for us to get to know the people that we're leading. And so for you too, to get to know others, to have them in your home, to have a meal, and to know what to pray for. There are some very painful things that people are going through here at Elam. And so I would challenge you to pick a couple. You don't have to go through the whole congregation this year, but just to, you know, look at the directory this week and say, I don't know them and I don't know them. I'm going to make a concerted effort this year to get to know them a little bit better. And so at the end of the year, you might be able to say, wow, what a neat person or a new friend, a new lifelong friend that you made this year. In conclusion here, you might be planning on implementing some of the resolutions that make the top 10 this year, like losing weight, getting out of debt, traveling more, starting exercise, more time with family. But I also would encourage you to take a good look at these spiritual resolutions to see if the Lord is prompting you to add one. Maybe one stood out today to you specially. That's one that I really want to make as my resolution this year. And so with that, I wish you a happy new year, and uh, we pray that this will be a, a blessed year for you, and that as you add these things, that it will enrich your life with the Lord as we press on into those things, the high calling of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this congregation. And Lord, as we look at this new year, it might seem daunting. It might seem discouraging, or it might seem hopeful. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see how you see this coming year, and help us in our struggles, and help us as we resolve to do some of these spiritual disciplines and things that we would like to add uh, to our lives, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.